turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. News out of Washington, D.C. as Democrats defeated two pro-life measures in the Senate on a vote of 53 to 44. The 20-week abortion ban act failed, as well as did the Born Alive Act. That bill defeated on a vote of 56 to 41. Sounds like somebody stepped over to the other side of the aisle. What is troubling about this? Let's find out. Brian Johnston joins us, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. And I suppose on the surface, Brian, of the two bills that in particular seem to be most egregious in terms of their uh, their failure, um, it is the the pain the official title the pain capable unborn child protection act that essentially says that um, if during an abortion uh, the abortion goes awry and the child is actually born that at that point once outside of the womb that child must be treated and cared for as any doctor any hospital would a premature infant i am shocked that there were not sufficient enough votes to see this is not not related to abortion whatsoever but in fact simply preserving life that's right craig and and uh, yeah the crossovers were uh just a handful of Democrats. In the Senate, you have to have 60 votes in order to avoid cloture, which is just how the U.S. Senate works. So we didn't have enough for that. But you're right, we got crossovers, mention of West Virginia, and then out of Pennsylvania, uh, Casey, two Democrats that crossed over. But the deeper issue is this, is you're exactly right. This is about a child who's born alive and will continue living if cared for. And uh, our U.S. senators, we already know this, they are obligated now to the ideology of the abortion movement. And the thinking of those who do abortion and promote this as a property, remember that uh, essentially the proclamation is that, no, the mom owns the baby. And don't call her mom, that implies there's a baby. No, that means it's property, it's part of her body. And the goal has been to kill that baby. So should the baby escape her body, the goal was to kill the baby. So let's just let the goal happen. Let's let make sure this baby's killed. Ironically, Craig, and, and we've talked about this before, in California, of all places, we have the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. It was passed in 96 when we had a pro-life legislature. But, and this is where listeners know this, the current Democrat Party is so far gone in terms of ideology. They're so committed to unlimited abortion and to this particular aspect. And again, this is, this is the pro-abortion movement. The goal is to kill the child, make sure that happens. That's been passed in New York. 
the governor of Virginia said he supported it, the Democrat governor of Virginia. This is not making something up. In California, we have the law. The problem is it's not being enforced, and the governor will not allow its enforcement. It's on the books. It's not being enforced. We filed a, a brief with the Department of Health Services to ask about the enforcement of the abortion regs. There is no enforcement of abortion regulations in California. There's nobody watching is a real problem. So you don't know when the child's born alive in the course of abortion because there's no one monitoring the abortion. California, and this started during Jerry Brown, but it's gotten much worse now. We pay for the abortion industry, but then we just let them go. Nobody governs it. No one's checking on how it's spent, on what's being done. There is more regulation of a veterinarian's clinic than there is of a human abortion clinic because it's all about choice. You don't want to regulate. You're limiting choices. You're being, you're, you're being controlling and paternalistic if you monitor these folks. That's how far it is in California. So we're, we actually at California Pro-Life have a project called the Light of Day Project, which is to make sure that people know what's going on. They're refusing to enforce it. We're going to have to go to court, but it's a huge project. And our, our last response from the Department of Health Services is that there is no monitoring. They have no answers. So it's, it is the law in California, what you just described, what every, in, in terms of polling in California, another reminder, the polls always say Californians are pro-choice. But no, they might say yes to that phrase, choice, but not when you describe what it means. And when you talk about late-term abortion, as you said, after 20 weeks when the child can feel pain, the average Californian does not agree to that unless there's some really hard cases, which this also provides for. Californians don't believe in all abortions all the time. They're not pro-choice when that's the definition. All abortions, whenever we want them, because we choose them. So Californians, actually, as individuals, we don't buy into unlimited abortion all the time, and we don't buy into, and our laws reflect that if a child's born alive in the course of an abortion, you need to take care of that baby. But it's not just not being enforced by Gavin or Newsom and the Democrat hegemony of this, of this state. So this is very serious, and the more people realize that, you need to speak up, you need to talk to your Democrat legislator, say, I'm sorry, I might agree with you on other issues, but this is far beyond what we countenance. We, we, you know, choice, a lot of people think that abortion is being limited, that it's only for hard cases, it's only early on, it's only the first trimester, is what Rose said, it's the intentional misrepresentation by the media of what human abortion really is and what the law is actually allowing to happen in other places. And now, even though Californians are defying the law, the California state is defying its own laws right now regarding the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. What's particularly, I think, troubling about this is, number one, it, it is very clear that Senate Democrats have attempted to really muddy the waters here or obscure the debate by suggesting that this is simply a push by conservatives and Republicans to um, enforce or put into place more, quote-unquote, draconian anti-abortion laws. And, and, and ironically, while I suppose if we want to sort of split fine hairs here that we could suggest uh, that the uh, pain-capable 
Unborn Child Protection Act does have a component that would protect the unborn. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what possible excuse, what possible vindication could be used to suggest that the Born Alive bill that, by the way, was defeated on the vote of 56 to 41, which means there were a number of Republicans that stepped over to the other side of the aisle. How could they possibly look at that and say, oh, if a doctor in the process of performing abortion, the child actually is delivered and is born alive, exits the mother's womb, that we do not want that child to be treated or cared for as we would a premature baby, but rather to what? Allow the doctor to go ahead and now outside of the womb, essentially engage in infanticide? I mean, am I reading this wrong, Brian? Please tell me I'm missing something here to suggest that 56 members of the United States Senate, including some Republicans, don't find that notion of not doing all we can for a baby who, in the process of being aborted, refuses the abortion in a sense. I'm thinking of kind of a Gianna Jessen moment for those of you who know who Gianna is. Tell me that I'm missing something here that wouldn't suggest that we are okay with essentially codifying infanticide in America. Well, and that is exactly what it is. Gianna Jessen, Melissa Oden, there are numerous women and young men that survived an abortion. And the way that the abortionist typically does it is they put them in a bucket. So the child comes out of the womb, sometimes depending on the method of abortion, but they throw them into a bucket and set them aside, sometimes in a medical closet. But what happens with those individuals, a brave nurse, in the case of Melissa Oden, she's become a good friend of our family, a brave nurse defied the doctor. And any nurse will tell you, you're not going to go far in nursing if you defy doctors. But defied the doctor, and this was being done in a hospital, and as the doctor yelled at her, she rushed the child to the neonatal ward. So Melissa is alive. And the fact is, this does happen every day. We have laws in California that say how wrong this is. It's simply not being enforced. And at California Pro-Life, if you go to the California Pro-Life webpage, you'll see there's the Light of Day project. The problem is the Light of Day is not being shown on this. The media, the abortion industry just dismisses this. And they just want, under this vague rubric of choice, unlimited killing of a human baby, even after it's born. And so this is, this is really so alarming. It's, it's hard to comprehend, really, and yet it's happening. So here in California, the Light of Day Project, we want the light of day on this. We want people to understand just how, rage, how outrageous this is that the culture of death, the culture of abortion on demand, unlimited abortion at any time, for any reason, no reason in particular, just just for choice. That culture is what is now ruling and reigning in terms of our legislature and our governor and those who enforce the laws. Department of Health Services, they ignore it. There's no regulation of abortion, even though we pay for it. It's, it's the most absurd. You know, they view this, if I could, without being mundane. I live in Sacramento. Sacramento City provides tennis courts for the for the city. They pay for it. It's a government-sponsored tennis court. 
if you go at night, you can turn on the power for a half an hour, and then it goes off automatically. You just go back and turn it on again, all paid for with your tax money. And if you ask the city of Sacramento, I'll say, well, what kind of regulations do you have? There's no regulations. Do they play tennis? Are they following the rules of tennis? Is it No, they don't have to do that. So they're viewing, you might say, the abortion industry. Well, we're just going to give them money. We're going to help them with their clinics. We're going to help them with their advertising. Your state taxes pay for advertising for abortion clinics. We help every aspect of the abortion industry. But, you know, like tennis, well, we're not going to tell you how the rules of tennis. We're not going to have any rules. That's not our job. Choice is just like a sport. It's like whatever people want to do. Who are we to regulate choice, after all? We're American. We're Californians. We're really progressive. We're free. And the seriousness, the ideological can't that is being used is so childishly simple and yet it's believed by people so there's no regulations of abortion you're paying for it in california you're paying why don't we have the light of day on this industry why is the government even answering for what they're paying for we're paying for this so we're demanding the light of day and it takes a lot to wake people up and even in the U.S. Senate, there's people who fight it. And, of course, the media, as you know, Greg, the media has tried to misrepresent this, and the Democrat leadership misrepresents it. But at a certain point, the reason we're going to let excuse me, the reason we are going to ultimately win is because we are advancing a self-evident truth. This is a, even that's a human being, the most vulnerable human being you'd ever want to meet. Either that's a human being or it's not. And we build our laws on self-evident truth, not on ideological word games. So we're going to win, but we have to be committed as Californians to say, hang on, we want to look at what's really true. We want the light of day on what you're doing. So that's the light of day project for California. And critically important because, again, sort of pulling back the curtain and saying, listen, if this is the law, that they're willing to support, or laws, as you suggested earlier, that they're not willing to uphold, in in my mind, in an absolute violation of the California Constitution that both the Attorney General and the Governor swear to uphold, uh, then let's put that out there. Let's make sure everybody is clearly aware of what the agenda is and why the agenda is, and then let them be held accountable to Californians, if certainly not at the court level, at least at the ballot box level. Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. Brian will no doubt have more to say about this on his broadcast, Life Matters. Comes your way Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. We invite you to check that out. That's Life Matters, Saturdays, 11.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. More information, too, online, californiaprolife.org. That's californiaprolife.org. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. I'd like to talk to you for a moment about ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack. But if you act now, you can protect your family today and for generations to come. Go to ChristianOutlook.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure that the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's ChristianOutlook.com. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.